there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor. I'm Rohan Nargani, joined today by Sports Illustrated senior writer, and forever, no matter what he does, ever again, he will always be New York Times best-selling author, Chris Herring. Chris, how's it going? I'm good. Um, I'm hoping not to get ensnared in any controversies. <laughs> I'm sure Kyrie is out there saying, like, no matter what, I will always be a such-and-such time all-star. <laughs> yeah, that's not what Maybe we're talking not. about this week, is it? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to I'm just stay, you know, keep my nose to the ground and, and try to stay out of trouble because... I'd be happy to just be known as the New York Times bestselling author. Stick to that. Um, Full transparency in a previous failed recording that lasted two minutes right before this. I told Chris that (laughs) even if like no matter what he did, even if he started doing some weird stuff, that he'd always be New York Times bestselling author. Hence his desire to remain there and not turn into the author doing weird stuff. I also, Chris, I'll just put it this way. Let's say your close personal friend Spike Lee is making a sequel to the movie Inside Man, which actually slaps. Do you do you want to play? And he's like, yo, Chris, you know I got to put you in the movie. Would you rather be a hostage in the new like bank robbery or would you rather be like, I don't know, the guy on the street who helps Denzel with the case with some random comment? 
like the streetwise New Yorkers, oh, you know? No, I want to be I want to be like the hero um or like a <laughs> Uh, uh, like a ancillary hero. Uh, I thought you were gonna ask me if I wanted to be like the person like robbing the place, and I'm like, nah, we're not trying to, we're not trying to enforce stereotypes, reinforce stereotypes here, man. Um, but uh, no, if I could be, that would be so cool. And um, I mean, that's the irony too of like having worked with Spike a little bit is that <laughs> I was in New York. I can't remember how long ago he asked me if I wanted to drop by like a film class that he teaches at NYU. Um, and he just has uh, Delroy Lindo just pop into the class, just hang out. I'm like, what? And, you know, students are telling me, they're like, oh, this is nothing. Like, he had Steven Spielberg roll past what? one time. What? Uh, you know, between that and just, you know, the, the people that just come into his, his studio from a day-to-day basis while he's filming documentaries and stuff like that. So I can't even wait to get started when we start doing that with with mine and with the you know with Blood in the Garden. But yeah, it's it's a very it's like an alternate universe uh, working with him. It would be awesome to be in something of his aside from a doc. But uh, um, you know, I, I'll cash out here because this is pretty cool yeah. already. The I, alignment that I've got. I with personally them. would love to be one of the bank robbers. They never let me or my people rob the bank. So I'm you know for me that would be breaking stereotypes. So. I'll, I'll absolutely rob the bank. I love Heat. I root. I root for De Niro in Heat. I think he's clearly the protagonist. Fair. Fair. Um, so yeah, let me rob the bank. What a great bank. movie. I, yeah. Let's not. We again. We don't want to anger Daryl Swenson, but we'll have to do. <laughs> we'll have to do like an entire podcast about Michael Mann movies. One Holy day. Holy crap! I yeah. would love that. Yeah, I would love that. Um, Chris, there's so much basketball stuff I want to get to today. I think you and I. Are probably on the same page. The games have been really fun to start the season here. You know, a lot of interesting teams. We had a great win from the Orlando Magic last night that I actually want to talk about a little bit. But, you know, we also have so much going on off the court right now, and we're to entirely ignore them. So let's just talk about them for a little bit. We'll start with the one that kind of had the latest update, which is Kyrie Irving. The Nets finally suspending him for at least five games. This all started when he posted the anti-Semitic movie a link to the anti-semitic movie on his twitter account he had a back and forth with nick Ferdell that didn't really go well and at the time i was like they got to suspend him they can't really have him keep doing this he doesn't talk to the media for a couple days then when he does talk to the media again he doesn't exactly denounce anti-semitism he he leaves it unclear what about the movie he believes in when really the entire movie is kind of based on this incredibly problematic framing so the Nets suspend him at least five games to say he's unfit to be with the team right now. They want him to go through some remedial measures and apologize before he gets back on the court. Kyrie finally releases an apology on Instagram last night. I thought the statements that both the Nets made and Kyrie made are kind of getting closer to what we wanted to hear right away. Of course, them happening so late, you, you, the cynic in you kind of questions the motives, mm-hmm. etc. But where we stand right now, at least Friday morning, Kyrie... Uh, we'll miss at least the next five games. Chris, I mean, I guess, what would you make of kind of the recent developments here? No, it's exactly part of what you were laying out before. Uh, I felt like the league and the Nets, or both, needed to step in a lot earlier. Um, I thought after the Fredell thing would have been a really good time to do it, which was earlier. What was that, like Wednesday? Not Wednesday. That was like Monday, Tuesday? Yeah, Sunday. Um, was it even over the – it was early this week. It was it was early in the week. Uh, it was not Wednesday. Uh, 
they should have stepped in right then. When you mm-hmm. see a press conference going off the rails, Kyrie, the same guy that has said he wants to be a voice for the voiceless, all of a sudden is like not taking questions on this and is begging people to ask about basketball, which, by the way, the team has sucked anyway. So like <laughs> yes. that shouldn't be a topic that you're like eager to talk about either. But um, that that should have been the point where I think it, at a minimum, everybody should have stepped in. And I, I think to some extent they kind of did. They hid him from the media for a couple of days, realizing that it wouldn't get better, realizing that he was dug in on this. Um, and obviously the, you know, the donation to the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, yeah. which they, after what he said yesterday, they were like, we don't even want it anymore. Mm-hmm. Half a million dollars they just turned down because they're like, it's not sincere. Because he's still, you know, he's not denouncing this the way that we really want him or need him to, which was the whole point of this. So the reason that the league and the Nets should have stepped in earlier was because the longer it drags out, the less sincere it looks no matter what he says, even if he apologizes wholeheartedly. Um, And in this case, they suspend him for a pretty sizable amount of time at minimum. And then three hours later, you get an apology. That's exactly what you would expect is like once there are consequences to it, Mm -hmm. you apologize, which is not a... a meaningful apology to most people because it was yeah. only it's like a kid's being told by their parents to say, I'm sorry, except right. there's millions of dollars attached to it this time. Uh, so that's the, that was the problem with it. That was why they shouldn't have let it drag out. And uh, it, it, it's disappointing. Um, it's been, I'll be honest, it's been disappointing to not see really a single player uh, voice frustration with this either. Uh Sean Hyken, I, I think, pointed out that, to his knowledge, the first player that he's even seen come remotely close to doing that was Robin Lopez retweeting, I think, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his Substack. Uh, which, okay, I guess, you know, um, I understand that people don't want to take a swipe at their own. Um, I'm not going to do what somebody uh, did on Twitter this morning and compare it to police and the way that, that they back each nuts. other that was that was man that tweet was bad uh i'm not gonna do that uh I, I think the point can be made that people often stick with their own folks their own kind a lot but i think there's obviously a key difference between that but you would hope that there's a willingness and a transparency to kind of observe something and just even at a baseline level and now kevin durant was having to like tweet this morning to clarify what he said at shoot around which is you know because he his comment was like, I just want to move on from it all. I don't like having to judge somebody. And it sounded like he didn't want to take issue with Kyrie. Can't we just all agree that like anti-Semitism is bad and that a certain group of people need to be protected and stood up for at a time where we're in a, a dangerous spot in this country, in the world? Kind of a, a fragile point. Uh, we're watching the stuff happen in L.A., the stuff with Kanye. It's just a bad time right now, and people need that sort of support. Um, It's a very baseline level thing to say, which was part of why it was so infuriating that when Kyrie was asked yes or no, do you feel like you hold anti-Semitic beliefs, that he's sitting here being cute and being coy about it. Um, It was not fun to watch. It's been disappointing to watch, and as I've said on Twitter, we've got a column coming out you know, probably in the next few minutes. uh, It's been a really disappointing few months for the league as a whole. Um, just because you're right, there is a lot of great basketball to watch. Um, 
from night to night, the stuff Luca's doing. Look at Cleveland being as interesting as they are without LeBron for the first time in a long time. Um, and yet we're talking about this. And and to be honest with you, there's other damaging stuff that came out this week too that makes the NBA look particularly bad, in my opinion. So um, it's just not fun. It's not fun to to talk about this stuff, but it's really important. And to shed light on it is really important. And I think for Kyrie, even if it was a somewhat forced apology, if it was a forced apology, I think it was important that he be held accountable for what he was saying or not saying, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said, Chris. Um, definitely don't want to talk about this for too much longer. We've talked about it a couple times already, I guess. But I'll just leave it at, you know, there's two things here. One... I really hope that the team and Kyrie take these remedial measures seriously. You mentioned we're kind of at a fragile point with these things. I mean, we've seen it with elections and the the vaccines, the pandemic the last few years, how susceptible people are to misinformation, to conspiracies, to all these different things. And I just, I hope, I want to believe that there's a way we can bring, bring people back from this kind of stuff. I hope there's a way to bring Kyrie back, you know, whether he plays basketball or not is less important to me than at least hoping to address his anti-Semitism and, and hope that there's a way to get him to rid himself of those beliefs, even though that takes patience, that takes time, um, and it's not easy. And then secondly, I just want to say, you know, I thought the Nets, even though they released a good statement, they still have this kind of Ime Udoka situation hanging over them. So it's on one hand, they might be trying to do the right thing here. But then if you come back and hire Udoka, which, again, I mean, I guess I have to add the caveat. We still are really bereft of the details that happened there. But it just it, it doesn't leave you it doesn't produce a great feeling when, you know, they're still hiring someone who at worst had a, according to this independent law firm, an improper relationship with someone, you know, below him on the organizational chart, which. Right. We just know that those kinds of relationships are Im- improper for a reason, I guess. Um, but let's get to kind of the other, you know, really terrible thing that happened this week. And, you know, this is one, again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on. And I think we're still waiting to some degree for some details to emerge. But Josh Primo, who was cut last week by the Spurs, we haven't really talked about Primo much as we waited just for some of the reporting to emerge from the story. Uh, a former Spurs staffer alleging that Primo exposed himself to her multiple times that she tried to alert the team. It took her, according to her lawsuit, it took her a long time to get a meeting with the general manager. Um, The team kept Primo around even after she made complaints about him exposing himself. Um, She ultimately, her contract with the team was not renewed over the summer. Um, She's retained Tony Busby. He's the same lawyer you may have heard of who's representing, I believe the majority, the vast majority, if not all, I don't know if it's literally every single one, most of the women in the Deshaun Watson lawsuits. Um, Primo, it, it was such an uncomfortable situation because immediately after he gets released, he releases a statement to ESPN about his mental health and a past trauma he's experienced. And even then I didn't feel comfortable commenting because it just was, it sucks. You knew something like this was coming. You knew it was going to, like, a, a shoe had to drop here. Um, yeah. It, 
again, we're still waiting on the details and there's some more reporting to emerge. I will say Michael McCann, who used to be the legal analyst at SI, sent kind of a surprising tweet to me. I mean, Michael knows what he's talking about. Um, but basically along the lines of, I want to pull up the exact tweet here. So I, I don't, he said the, he said, this is the kind of case an employer would normally try to settle before it became a lawsuit. Since it is high profile and organizationally disruptive, the Spurs must believe the factual allegations by Dr. Cawthon are untrue and that they can prove her narrative is inaccurate. The Spurs basically RCB for came out with a statement kind of rebuking some of the claims. <laughs> this is a lot. I don't expect you to have an answer, Herring, but I guess all I'll really say is it's like it would be so terrible and disheartening and disappointing on so many different levels here to know if the Spurs, you know, engaged in this kind of cover-up that's being alleged. I'll just say it right here, the same way I did in the column that I was just mentioning that I have up. Um I think at some point, somehow, the league needs to investigate this, mm-hmm. period. Um, it's a really serious allegation. Um, I'll be more blunt than I think you were, and I think you you kind of made this known. Um, as soon as the Primo stuff happened, one, we were all curious about it. Two, after his statement to ESPN, it was like, look, I'm as welcoming and understanding about mental health as I think I would hope most people are. Um that we we certainly can understand that people have episodes, what have you. Um, you don't get cut. Yeah. Well, let me not say you, you would never get cut because, you know, there are different things that can happen. But generally speaking, if, if people can look at a situation and say uh, you had one bad moment, you, you know, you blew up at people, you, you're working through something and you need some help, that's what, like, a leave is for like you're not getting cut you go get help and Mm -hmm. the team builds a statement around that you don't just get cut right after your option was picked up that that doesn't happen yeah um so right away there was something not clicking there and i think that's kind of what you were getting at is that we knew there was some sort of shoe that was going to drop that was going to look bad he was trying to get ahead of it his folks were trying to get ahead of it Mm -hmm. um you really hoped it wasn't something like this um Someone that is alleging that you did this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest and, with you. And reportedly the team cut him because allegedly he did it again with different staffers late, late later after she had left. Right. So, I, I mean, what? that's the part that, frankly, I kind of, if in my ideal world, that's what the league is investigating is like what prompted the team to act. Was mm-hmm. it that it happened again? Was it that this woman said she was going to sue and that it was going to become public anyway? That's my question. Particularly, mm. I'm pretty sure this woman is alleging. And by the way, this is not like a random person. This was the team's clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's put her name to this lawsuit. So uh, obviously there's a lot riding on this for her because mm-hmm. she, presumably no team is going to hire her now. Uh, when you are out there the way that she is, she's she's putting herself on the line by doing this. Um, it's a very serious allegation. She's claiming that the team has known or had to have known since January. Mm-hmm. It's November. Like, 
th- this was 10 months ago, allegedly. So this is all really serious stuff. I'll be really honest in saying that Primo's uh, attorney's statement was... Whew, like, I, I, I read R.C. Buford's statement, and, um, like, I, I'm not trying to parse it too closely, but it, it said that, like, it disagreed with the facts and the details in the timeline. It did not say it was, like, out-and-out false, complete fabrication. Mm-hmm. Uh, Primo's attorney hinted at that, um, but Primo's attorney also said, well, if that's how she felt, she never once mentioned to Josh that... He was exposed or that he was exposing himself. And why why wouldn't you do that if that was the case? Okay. So 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 you're saying he might have exposed himself repeatedly, but that the doctor just right. didn't say anything. Okay. It, it not quite Deshaun Watson's attorney level stuff as far as the whole well, it's not a crime if it was actually happening. Yeah. Which was wild to say. But it's also like that's not the most, you know. I don't know. That's not the most yeah. encouraging sort of defense to set up here. Um, yeah. To blame her for not having spoken up about it. Like, I, I, if I was exposed to someone, I would know it. Yeah. Uh, and it would not happen repeatedly. But anyway, it, it like you said, there's more that needs to come out. But I, I mean, it. Uh, we've all, I don't, we, we hold up, certain people hold up. I think we've all been guilty at one time or another in saying fans of the NBA Thank goodness the league I really, really care about doesn't carry itself like the NFL. That it doesn't have the NFL's problems. That it has more of a moral compass than the NFL. Maybe you haven't said that. You deserve a legitimately deserve a prize if you haven't, mm-hmm. because there have been times where it would be really easy to say mm-hmm. that, given the way the NFL carries itself and the way that they handle stuff. The Kaepernick stuff, in my opinion, is shameful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I don't watch the NFL anymore and haven't since 2016. Um, there's plenty of other stuff from the concussion stuff with Tua. Uh, I have problems with the way they advertise the sport to children. Uh, kind of it reminds me a lot of the cigarette stuff mm-hmm. and the way that they... Anyway, that's my stuff, my issue with it. But the NBA has problems too. The NBA has stuff, as we've seen with the Kyrie thing now, that the players don't want to touch either. That the league doesn't know how to handle either. And if the Spurs, who have been the most successful franchise in the league for the better part of the last 25 years. Um, you know, the best one, frankly, just from a winning standpoint. Um, there's a lot of questions that need to be raised. And like we, we, we're talking about maybe the most historic coach of all time, you know, and we've yeah. seen people, I don't know, I could get into all of it. There's probably a more appropriate time to do that if and when this gets investigated. I hope it's investigated. I'll put it that way. There's a lot at stake here, and it, it would be a horrible look for the league. It's already not a great look, in my opinion. Absolutely. That's really the big thing is I, I hope there's a thorough investigation. And if there was a cover-up, you know, if there was, you know, these allegations are found to be true, I, you know, I, I hope that the people who are responsible are held accountable. And I just hope that for once in our lifetime – an organization handles this properly and believes somebody um, making allegations of these nature of this nature and acts more quickly than the Spurs are alleged to have acted here. Um, it's just really disappointing. It's, you know, the, I commend this woman for putting her name to it because we know that's, a, that's not easy. 
to do in this society. And I just, but yeah, I, I, I hope that this is taken very seriously and doesn't become this kind of public, you know, rock slinging that it's been so far. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With that, let's let's try to talk a little bit about some basketball today. There's even a couple emails I would like to get to. Um, please keep your emails coming, by the, by the way, openfloormail at gmail.com. I know uh, I've been saying we're going to do a ton of emails. We're getting there. We're going to get to some emails. Chris, I thought this would be a good way to talk about some teams that have been exciting us so far this season. Okay. Uh, because we got an email from Hedda. Uh, shout out to our old friend Hedda. She writes in, Hi, Rohan, Chris, and or whatever second person qualified enough to co-host this podcast episode. <laughs> Happy to have you both. I'm currently busy with exams at university and also trying to figure out how one watches basketball when the earliest game started at 6 a.m. my time. Do I wake up that mm. early? Do I watch them after? Who knows? And thus have not been watching as much basketball as I obviously want to. But after the 11th, I'm going to be free to watch as much basketball as I want for like three and a half months. Very excited oh, about gosh. that. <laughs> my question is, who should I be watching? I had my list of teams I wanted to watch before the season started, but I want to know from you guys, what teams are looking the most entertaining at the moment? Hmm. Obviously, like there's question. been some surprising showings already, and I've kept up with the stats and results, but would still like some advice. 
Uh, thank you so much in advance and keep up the good work. Much love from Hedda in Australia. Hedda, hope things are going well down under. Hope you're getting ready uh, for the T20 World Cup finals, which I believe are taking place in Australia this year. Chris, yeah, let's let's open it up, man. Who, what are the teams that have entertained you the most so far the first few weeks of the season here? Okay, I, I love this question, first of all. Uh, I'm sort of envious of someone that is like just now coming up on something that they're going to finish, and now they've got all this free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds wonderful. I, I would encourage you to what, kind what of balance just, the basketball watching a little bit. What you're describing uh, is, you, Chris, what you're saying is you miss summer vacation. <laughs> uh, I wasn't yeah, trying yeah. to say it directly, yeah. but yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. To, with, with, the, with the grain of salt here, yeah. like try to, you know, try to balance it a little bit just so you don't... Mm-hmm gorge yourself on it and have eyes bigger than your stomach uh there's a number of teams i would point out i think the raptors are at the top of my list i think siakam has looked fantastic uh they've leaned just as far if not further into kind of how weird and long and and Mm. interchangeable they are um they're gonna be in the race this year um so i would say them i would say the magic like and and I'm, i'm mentioning these teams kind of like irrespective of how competitive they're going to be from the mm-hmm. standpoint of like the standings. Um, so if you're just interested in watching like player growth and guys that um, are really talented that you might miss because they might not have the biggest star or the best team or the best record, um, I would put the magic there, you know, that they've been um, competitive in a number of these games. Draymond Green actually, you know, gave a huge shout out to Boncaro and and the magic saying like, this is like the most competitive team he's seen in the last six or seven years of, of the ones they have, even though their record doesn't reflect it. Boncaro obviously is going to be a star already is. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot of young talent on that team. They've got Bobel. Uh, they've got uh, Franz Wagner, who I think, you know, was a stealth, you know, like in a normal year would have been like a rookie of the year, real rookie of the year candidate um, last year because of how good he was. And, it feels like they're putting some stuff together. I think Jamal Mosley does a very good job. So I I would put the Magic near the top of that list. I would put the Kings on that list, at least for now. I really have enjoyed the fit that Kevin Herter brings to that team. Keegan Murray is really, really fun to watch. They're getting up and down more this year, uh, kind of the way that they did at the beginning of De'Aaron Fox's time there in Sacramento. Um, I, I just really enjoy watching them play. Like I, I feel like... Um, their sequences and sometimes their four and five minute stretches of games where they're just racing up and down the court is really fun. And, you know, a team that is in the race that I think, um, you know, will not surprise people that the Pelicans have been really fun. Um, they've been shorthanded for a, a solid chunk of the season so far. Ingram had the concussion. Herb Jones hasn't been there every night. Um, they win games despite not having those guys. Uh, they are going to be, I think if they can be even decent defensively with their main guys that, uh, that they will be in the race. And I think that they could absolutely take down a team that maybe is expected to compete for a title, um, if not compete for one themselves. So I would put those teams there, you know, I've written about the jazz and I think, you know, there's kind of a lot out there about them now about why they're more entertaining than people expected. Um, but you know, them, the Blazers, obviously have been have been pretty good and pretty entertaining this far, as well. But uh, I don't know. At this point, I've mentioned a fifth of the league, so let me just <laughs> so really uh, not leaving me a lot of teams left there. Sorry. We, <laughs> let's. So yeah, I had I, I'm on the same page. Like the Pelicans have been a ton of fun to watch. Zion's been incredible. Highly recommend watching them. 
I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, who Dan Devine and I talked about a little bit on Monday's episode, the Cavs have been a ton of fun. Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic. They've beaten the Celtics twice, which is hilarious. Um, after Mike told me he didn't like that trade over the summer. Um, kicked off one of our most toxic arguments ever yesterday. Um, so shout out to the Cavs. They've been really good. Can we talk about the Magic for a second? I, I, yeah. I wasn't expecting us to talk about them on the show today. I'm um, like, Golden State's going to go in there. They're going to win big. Like, Golden State's desperate. They've lost three in a row. Instead, the Magic pull off this crazy win. Jalen yep. Suggs hitting huge shots, making huge defensive plays at the end of the game. Boncaro, I mean, you talked about it. I tweeted about it. Like, he's going at Draymond one-on-one. He hit a huge shot one-on-one against Draymond late in that game. He, um, I wrote about it earlier this week, and Dan and I touched on it. Like, the Warriors' defense is an issue, and mm-hmm. especially, like, the the bench is bad. The bench is bad. The bench lineups they play, like, the all-bench lineups have not been good. Poole has struggled. Wiseman has struggled. Kaminga's just out of the rotation now, so they got their own issues. But the Magic, dude, they rock. Like, they kick ass to watch. And I'm really happy for Suggs and Boncaro. And, like, they, they've been dealing with their own injuries, too. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is that I really enjoyed watching them play last year. Like, mm-hmm. they were actually one of my favorite league pass teams last year without Boncaro. Obviously, to be able to draft him in the first place shows that they were certainly more fun to watch than they were good last year that they even could get. I mean, the Franz, know, the, the Franz, Cole, Anthony, like they had the personalities, like they just have a good mix. Yeah, and, and Wendell Carter was, mm-hmm. was great for them last year. Um, you know, they've also got Mo Bamba on this team still. Now they have Bull Bull. Uh, <laughs> Bull Bull. Like I, I feel a little bit bad actually was hanging out with um, – with Mobamba's agent here and having coffee with him a couple months ago. I think he lives here for part of the year. And, you know, Bol Bol was probably putting a little bit of a damper on just kind of Mobamba's chance to shine or really to kind of spread his wings. But also Bol Bol is Bol Bol. He's, he's yeah. as big and tall as he is. Some of the same aspects there with the skill set and what have you. So it's a really fun team. Uh, they were really good last year uh, for – a good month of the season, their starters had like the best net rating in the league. They just had a, I was about to swear, a really crappy bench. And, you know, like to some extent having that balance, they were trying to win, but at the same time, the team clearly needed more anyway. So if you can be bad enough to get the number one pick, great. You know, and that was kind of what happened. Suggs had like one of the roughest rookie seasons I've ever seen, obviously injuries, but even when he was healthy, was just brutal offensively. You kind of knew he had to be better than what he showed last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, it's difficult when you're used to having the ball in your hands all the time and all of a sudden you don't. But even with how much he struggled on offense, he was still a pretty hardworking defender. He has the athleticism to be in the league. Um, and we saw some of that yesterday. He had a couple of huge plays on Steph. Um, so I, you know, I'm just excited. Like I'm excited. I don't like to see teams struggle forever. Um, and it was crazy because I had to think about, it. I was like, actually the magic were in the playoffs in the bubble. It hasn't been forever, but it's been a long time since they've been like really good. And mm-hmm. you can at least see the outskirts of that being put together and the fringes of that coming together now where they've got a couple guys that like, you're completely sure you know, injuries aside, that they'll be there for the next six, seven, eight years. They should. And if they could just find the, the the pieces to kind of sprinkle in around that, if they're 
bad for this year and they get one more high high level pick watch out and and that's a really fun feeling to have and uh it's kind of where the pistons are right now is like Mm -hmm. you feel pretty good about them you know they probably need like one more piece um to really make noise you know a year or two from now but uh that's kind of where orlando is and it's fun absolutely man so they've been a ton of fun to watch and as you mentioned like boncaro and wagner are legit legit building blocks um they should be on the team for a long time i mean I still think like Fultz, I was having fun watching him play last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope he can be someone who sticks around the rotation. I'm curious to see what they end up doing with Jonathan Isaacs. Um, yeah, who, I forget about that dude yeah, all the time. I mean, of course. It's I mean, hard he not just, to. Uh, hasn't played basketball. He still hasn't come back. I have no idea what they're going to do with him. That's going to be interesting. It's almost like, do you bring him in and take a chance with the vibes? I don't know. I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. To see how that goes, but yeah, I I don't know that Hedda you should commit to the magic, but you know they'll be more fun than I think you realize. Um, I do want to take get your take on Cleveland just a, a tiny bit. We don't have to go super deep on them, sure, but only because you wrote kind of the preseason story about them. You spent a little bit of time there. I mean, I don't. I was optimistic about them. I didn't think they'd get off to this great of a start. They're six and one. They're only lost right. by three points. Opening night in Toronto, a game they lost to Darius Garland in the middle of the game. Garland returns for this Cavs game on Wednesday, and he looks great. Mitchell's having one of the best starts of the season of his career. What are you What are you seeing that you like? What do you think about the Cavs? It's uh, I mean, it's it's some of what I think in an ideal world the Cavs were you know what they were hoping for that they can still defend while adding a really really explosive scorer to the lineup now my thing i, I first of all i don't think anybody expected that they'd go six and one particularly playing the the um the celtics twice mm-hmm. um you know that they'd at least have a couple losses and you know with those losses that they'd probably have at least one or two that was by more than the three points they lost to toronto by um my thought is that Sometimes you have weird stuff happen at the beginning of a season or in preseason that actually propels you. When I covered the Knicks, uh, they were only had a winning record for one of the five years I covered them, par for the course at this point. Um, and it was that very first year that I covered them in 12-13 um, where Mike Woodson makes it pretty clear that he's hoping to start Kurt Thomas at the four um, because Amari Stoudemire is out that he's thinking that he's going to start Kurt Thomas at the four and play Carmelo Anthony at the three. Uh, They played a game where I think maybe Kurt Thomas was hurt in the preseason. So Melo played the four instead and like went the hell off. And then Mike Woodson's like, I kind of like this. (laughs) And even after Melo did that a couple times, like, I kind of like this, but like Kurt Thomas will still play the four, but Kurt Thomas was like 36 or 37. So Kurt Thomas wasn't healthy enough to play right away. After enough times, he was like, I like this. I'm going to stick with this. We're going to play Mello at the four. We're going to play Jason Kidd as part of the starting lineup with Ray Felton. We're going to play two point guards. <laughs> Mello will be our power forward. Um, and we're going to go from there. And this is going to be kind of our lineup. We're just going to play small. And it worked. And in it working, uh, that that kind of became their M.O., there are parts of that with Cleveland that I kind of wonder if it's played out like that, where Donovan Mitchell being able to come in 
Um, and just being able to flow on offense, just being able to be the guy, not having to really have like a your turn, my turn with Darius mm-hmm. Garland at the front of the season because Garland was injured. I wonder to some extent if that helped a little bit, if it eased. There wasn't going to be tension because they got along together and they they played fine during the preseason. That wasn't going to be the problem, but I just wonder with such a different sort of team, letting Donovan Mitchell – Donovan Mitchell played with Utah, a team mm-hmm. that led the league in offense last year that spread the floor. Everybody could shoot 40% from three except for the guy that was probably the best screener in the league in Gobert. Cleveland, that's not their lineup. They have a couple of guys that can't shoot threes in Mobley and Allen. Mm-hmm. Garland and then one other guy, you know, whether it's Levert, who's not really a very good three-point shooter, whether it's Isaac Okoro, who's not a very good three-point shooter, and Dean because Wade. of that is really not playing. <laughs> Dean, Dean Wade is the only guy. Yeah. 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 I almost think that they should play Mobley and Love and Allen together, only because at some point you think you'd want Mobley to turn into that defensive stopper-ish type and not like a ro- It's not his game, but... Man, if they could get Love shooting on the floor next to Mitchell and Garland, I mean, the defense would, would yeah. be an adventure. But it, I, he, they might have to do yeah. maybe not that, but they like at some point. I'm wondering they they wanted. I think they very badly wanted Okoro to be that guy, mm-hmm. to be that stopper, a oh, three yeah. and D guy. And the truth is, and you know, a couple of people pointed it out. He he barely looks at the basket. You know, it's like when tough. he's open, he hasn't shot it well. He's not. It's not even just the three point shooting. It's just like when you give him the basket, and he has space, he's still not really looking to attack. And and defenses know they can ignore him, which you can't have when you've got two all star ball handlers. Like you're, they're going to load up on those two. So the whole point is to either have Levert or someone that can score that at least presents some sort of threat, whether it's slashing, whether it's shooting, along with you know two bigs. Uh, one of whom can kind of handle a little bit and kind of play make a little bit. So my anyway, I guess to to try to put a pin in like what I'm saying, I think that Mitchell having the opportunity to kind of run the show on his own helped a little bit. I also think it kind of decreased the adventure you were talking about, where if you've got one guy who's six foot one and your backcourt trying to defend instead of two of those guys, it probably enhances your defense a little bit. Like which I I don't know that they're going to have a great defense all the time having to cover for two guys that are six foot one but you know with Garland not being there they they were able to show the best part of themselves defensively as well they're a big defensive team that way um so you know I think it played to their benefit a little bit um having Garland back will not be a detriment but I could imagine that just it'll take some time to for it to be seamless the way that it kind of looked for these first seven games five six games it's a good point it's a good point that Mitchell got to settle into a role that he's more familiar with as opposed to him and Garland figuring out how to play off of each other. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see play out. They've been fun, man. I'm just happy. It's good to see like that arena was packed for that Celtics game. And I'm excited for them too. Yeah, yeah. man. And that, that's just, I like seeing that. I like seeing, I like seeing these teams and small markets, quote unquote, small markets, just not the glamor cities, right? But Cleveland, Orlando, it's like, you see how much the fans get into it, man. And like, you know, I know the magic aren't supposed to be good this year. They're not full on tanking. They're not necessarily don't have championship aspirations, but like, uh, October, you know, I guess early November regular season game for it to be that competitive is just, uh, it's awesome, man. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Right Um, there with you, man. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (laughs) 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Let's move on. We got another email from our homie Thaddeus. There we go. Uh, Thaddeus writes in. This is a good one because I we I watched this game this night too, and I I am starting to have some doubts. Thaddeus writes in. What's up, open floor crew? Just finished Suns Wolves, and my first time really watching mm. the Wolves with Gobert. I don't get it. The offense with two bigs is clunky, and I just don't understand what the plan was on defense. Towns wasn't a good defender at the five, so let's have him guard fours. They still have a ton of talent, but the whole thing is clunky. I can't imagine they'd play any team in the West that didn't have guards to carve up their defensive weak spots. Do you see this sorting itself out? Are there any moves on the margins or rotation tweaks they can make to maximize the talent? Ultimately, I think having two bigs that are so both so one-dimensional is going to be too much to overcome. He also throws up a throws out a couple fake trades, which are interesting. Um, oh wow! Already? Yeah, he throws he throws out Towns to the Raptors. He also writes Ooh. in PS Towns for Jalen Brown straight up is really interesting. Um, mm. Before we get to the fake trades, I don't know if it's that interesting. Yeah, before we <laughs> I'm going to disagree a yeah. little bit there. <laughs> before we get even to the fake trades. Chris, I'm just curious, uh, how have you felt about the Wolves so far this season? 
it, it, it's a little bit difficult to disagree with the characterization that they've looked clunky. Um, their possessions where guys just run into each other. Um, <laughs> did you see? Did you see the the post game video of uh, Anthony Edwards? Looking, I think he was with Jordan. He the starters plus minus. Yep, and he was like diagnosing it in real time. He's like, "Wow, wow, wow!" Like all like, of the bench players have huge pluses, <laughs> plus twenty, yeah. plus eighteen, plus fourteen. All of us starters have negatives. Wow, and he it's just there was something about him realizing. I love moment. Anthony Edwards. He he man he has sometimes as we talked about the NBA's problem. Sometimes he has no filter, and you know at least in one case this offseason was problematic, but. There's also just a lot of like, wow, how refreshing it is that he has no filter from the standpoint of what's right and wrong with his team. Uh, although I'm sure he did not appreciate Carl Towns calling out his diet. Um, Dude, that was messed day. up. <laughs> it, it's a weird, yeah. It's not, I won't say weird vibes there, but like it, it's, yeah. It, it, we need to. I think we need to give it a few more games to see exactly how big a problem it was. I was expecting that this would look smoother. I picked Chris Finch as my coach of the year. Coming into the year, just be- and on some level, because I was like, yo, there's no way the Timberwolves are committing this much in a trade for Rudy Gobert if they're not completely sure aspects of this are going to work. Like, I can understand you can't guarantee anything for from the standpoint of like winning a title, making the conference finals. But I was like, they absolutely know this is going to get them 50, 53 wins. They have to. Otherwise, you wouldn't do this. And part of that calculation in my head was like, Chris Finch is fully behind this and he knows exactly how he wants to use these guys so that they don't look clunky. So it's looked rough at times more so offensively than defensively, but at times defensively too, where they just don't get out to shooters. And it does raise the question of like, okay, so we thought, you know, Towns wasn't great at the five. And so now we think he's suddenly going to be way better guarding guys that are more athletic than that. Um, We suddenly think that the offense is just going to be great. Like, there are moments where uh, you know Edwards doesn't have a good path to the basket because of some of the the clunkiness that's involved. A big part of it, D'Angelo Russell has to shoot a lot better than he has. Uh, what is he at right now? He is sub thirty percent from three, Oof. which is not going to cut it. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe to some extent, I have to look at some of the film. Maybe some of that is because they feel like they could actually step out and guard him better because you've got all this clunkiness everywhere else. So they're going to have to be better. I mean, the, the only really good thing that I could point out about them so far, uh, probably a couple things, but like Nas Reed has looked really, really, really good. <laughs> Nas Reed looks like my, my favorite big on their team, he, dude. He, he looks like an all-star. Like, and I mean, it's yeah. funny because it's like, it's not really a novel thought because dude, even I on the want, broadcast, they're calling I, it out. If I'm putting together two bigs this year, it's Nas Reed and Jock Landale. Those are the two guys that I want. That's my yeah. that's my twin tower lineup. Good luck There's stopping them. True detective season yeah. four. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like he he's looked great. He looks like a completely different player, and um, it's part of the, it's a huge part of the reason why the bench lineups have looked so good is that them. Mm-hmm. And I think to some extent they they could play around more with having Anthony Edwards be someone that just plays with the bench more. Um, yeah, so that he's not running into crowds that are caused by playing next to uh, Towns and, and Rudy Gobert. And then yeah. at, at times, those lineups have looked really good when they played them. So, so let's talk about lineups a little bit. Like, of lineups that have played at least two-man lineups that have played 80 minutes together. I mean, Towns and Edwards, they're a minus 4.1 net. 
Gobert and Towns, they're a minus 1.8 net. Gobert and Russell, minus 2.9. But then once you start getting to the bench, that's when you start to see, you know, some better. McLaughlin, McLaughlin, McLaughlin and Edwards, 26.3. Noel and Edwards, 25.4. Um, you start to see some of the positive combinations. I was really skeptical of this move. I mean, you can even just forget about the price they paid now. Like, it just... I understand to a degree, like, you maybe want to sag a little bit for the playoffs and you think you can create a matchup issue. But, yeah, I just don't see how they're going to guard certain teams come playoff time. And the Suns, even if people might be skeptical of their true playoff potential here, they've gotten out to the, the one of the hottest starts in the league. Like, I'd rather have Cam Johnson shooting threes and spreading out the floor then this weird like go bear towns thing and because towns is like spreading the floor but then i feel like he probably feels like a little bit of an obligation to play more in the post when he's at the four because he's got these smaller guys on him but i think he did not have some like it's not like they are comfortable running entirely a through the post offense with towns and like he didn't look comfortable going no. up against some smaller guys on phoenix he's 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 got and i think this was in uh lowe's 10 things common today Towns has the lowest post-up rate of his career so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, is that what you... Now, granted, you know, I know the league is different now. Like, post-ups aren't everything. But, I mean, when you have Carl Towns on your team, just wanting him to be able to facilitate your offense however he can is what you should want. And uh, that was always going to be one of my questions. Every team that I've covered, you know, going back to my experience covering the Knicks, when they had Amari and Tyson Chandler... They always expected that to work, and it just didn't because you had two guys that, for the majority of their career, when they're involved on offense, were thriving on being the role man and picking roles. Okay, when you have Towns and Gobert out there, what the hell do you think that's going to be? Of course, Towns can do more than just that, but you're kind of, in one way or another, kind of asking someone to be relegated to a spot um, that's not the spot that they would normally be in. So. That was again. That's was always going to take time, but I just kind of figured they had a a real plan for that, so that it wouldn't look nearly as clunky as it has. But here we are. Uh, and yeah, to your point about the playoff stuff, if it had just been draft picks, fine. But obviously, there's a player cost to this too. And we're sitting and watching Jared Vanderbilt be, you know, a huge energizer bunny for the Jazz. Um, Patrick Beverly is still Patrick Beverly. Malik Beasley can score. These are all guys that you could use in a playoff series to defend, to score, to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, like you said, we kind of know just from having watched Utah a couple times that there are potential troubles down the road playoff wise when you are too big and don't have the versatility to play smaller. And uh, yeah, the, the, the early returns have not been great. I will not, you know, there's no way to yeah. sugarcoat that. I'm willing to give it a little bit more time, but the yeah. offense has been more of a concern than the defense, which is for sure. Bad. So, yeah. So yeah, Minnesota's currently four and four, you know, they're right in the thick of it. The standings are still all weird. I mean, we haven't talked about Milwaukee much so far this season. You mentioned like Middleton should be coming back soon. I mean, they're seven to zero. their defense looks better than ever. I'm excited about the bucks. Um, two teams I don't have a good handle on yet. The Hawks and the Knicks, they played each other Thursday night. The Hawks come back with a big win. They've, I they talked about this in our group chat a tiny bit. They've both just been like beating bad teams 
and then losing to all the good ones they play. So it's like you know, the, the Hawks have beaten like the Knicks, the Pistons, the Magic, and like the Knicks are beating the you know Magic or Hornets. It's like it's a weird whatever. But yeah, I'm not sure what to make of those teams yet. One team we have not talked about so far on this podcast: uh, the Portland Trailblazers are five and two. They're currently second in the West. Um, there are two losses basically coming. One game, Damian Lillard gets hurt. Um, in the second half, although they were kind of getting beat by Miami anyway, they lose one more without him. But they're five and two. They're looking good. Um, they're beating preseason expectations. Fortunately, on open floor, we're lucky enough to have a Trailblazers expert on the show. <laughs> it's time for the much-awaited, much-anticipated return of the Rip City Royston Report. Uh, Shelby. The floor is yours, my man. Um, what do you got for us on the Blazers here? I mean, you guys act surprised, but I mean, it's not, <laughs> there's no surprise here for me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, as, a, as a Dolphins fan saying this exact kind of stuff about Tua, I, I respect <laughs> this. I respect this energy. Um, Shelby, what's, what's caught your eyes so far? Uh, to start the season here, other than the haters. Well, obviously, there's two dames in the team with <laughs> Anthony Simons. It was clear, even last season, when he led the league in threes <laughs> before he went down with his fake injury. Uh, then we have Shaden Sharp, who looks like he's been in the league for several years at this point. You know, it was a complete draft steal. Would be rookie of the year, but. I don't think he's going to get enough playing time, unfortunately. Uh, Drew Eubanks looks like a great backup center. Best <laughs> they've had in quite a while. Nurkic, I mean, uh, nothing really there to say. He's been great every year. Jeremy Grant fitting in perfectly. And they haven't even gotten Gary Payton the second back. So looks like the sky's the limit here. <laughs> um... How do you are you confident that this is going to be a playoff team? And we've gotten out to this hot start, you know. So is Utah. The Warriors are scuffling. We still don't know what's real, what's fake, etc. Are you thinking playoffs? What are your What are your expectations for the team this season, Shelves? I thought playoffs all along. Now I'm thinking how high of a seed? <laughs> Three, two, <laughs> at worst four. I think that's not. Yeah. Terrible to say. You think they're definitely getting home court. Um, okay, I respect that. And I guess, you know, I, I'll just ask because I think we texted about this a little bit. I know, you know, the, the, the backcourt's getting crowded there. I mean, they got GP2. You mentioned he hasn't come back yet. Shaden Sharp has been starting since Dame went down. You got, uh, obviously, you mentioned Anthony Simons back there, the second Dame. Are you nervous at all about how this team is coming together? Because they seem to be kind of loaded in the backcourt. I am. I think maybe they could just pull like a three-guard lineup in future seasons mm. maybe as he gets even better, just trying to blow up the whole <laughs> expectation for how a team can look. Mm -hmm. But it does worry me. Like Simons and Young or Sharp are both like very young. I think there's going to be a big rivalry it's like Netflix series worthy. That like, I I that's my main worry. Like they're too good. Like 
would should we trade sharp right now like try to get like a great power Bro. forward or center or something like shade and sharp for anthony davis i don't well you know he gets hurt more than <laughs> you think you, you think Nurkic gets hurt a lot i mean <laughs> lord oh man incredible incredible my All worry right. is when the season's over they're like they've got the number one seed they advance like far into the playoffs and there's the tribunals for all the sports writers who <laughs> doubted them in the off season you're you guys are all gonna look at me and like the audience from the the stand and i'm gonna have to look away i'm not gonna be there to defend you <laughs> <laughs> the post the post postseason tribunals. All right, well I'll have to see Chris, if I can I, I'll say this, Chris. I, I appreciate that your beard looks phenomenal every episode. And for that I'll have I'll send you to like a nicer climate work camp. Okay. <laughs> Rohan, you and John is... Gonzalez and the late Beyond. Michael Pena, you're you're you guys are going to Siberia. Yo, let me let me just say right now how much I appreciate Shelby always having grace and mercy on your boy. Uh, when it comes Herring, to which which podcaster is his favorite, he always makes Herring, that abundantly clear. It does seem to be taking extra care of his beard. Um, I know what bo- role both of you would have in the Inside Man sequel. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> This okay, podcast well, is coming well, full circle. I, I would like to know what those roles are. I'm not going to lie. So Shelby. it's going to take place at like the biggest bank in the world this time, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. heist. Chris, in an elevated role, he's like the manager of the bank. Okay. Okay. Oh, so he's I'm at risk big, here. Oh God. But you, you're at risk. <laughs> you, but you have like a career change. You're this. You're going to have some some real lines to chew here. Okay. <laughs> But it opens up with you're like you have a suit on. You're like right this way, sir. Let's check out your accounts. And then you see all the guys rush in with guns, and you go, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> Shelby thought this is out. Like, yeah, this is. <laughs> he had this whole podcast to sit he's here and, Rohan, and think about how he's, he's going to plot us, this out. He's sending us a ten page. Rohan's yeah. playing. Oh himself. my gosh! I'm playing myself. Okay. And you're in line at the bank, and you're like. You have AirPods in and you're arguing about like the heat with somebody on the other line. And you hear, you see the guys rush in with guns and you go, I'm going to have to call you back. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, that will actually do it for today's Royston report. <laughs> Shelby, <laughs> thank you so much oh, wow. for your insights on the Blazers and this inside oh, man. man. Sequel, I'll just say that if I were in a bank that was being robbed, I'd help the bank robbers. Like, I'm like, what do you guys need? Can I get you a cup of coffee? You know, I don't know. This is not my money. Um, do what you got to do. Let's get back to basketball here just for one last second. Chris Shelby, thank you. That was an incredible Royster report. I'll have to start. That was um, incredible. Yeah, truly incredible. I will, I will have to start, uh, you know writing the pro blazers takes to save myself hopefully um before the end of the season uh herring i just want to wrap up here we agreed not to talk about this team until they did anything worth talking about but the los angeles Lakers are on a two-game win streak 
Russ coming off the bench. Signs of life from bench Russ. Are you anything that you're like, you know, you 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 picking up what the Lakers are putting down? And anything that you feel about the Lakers? I I I'll just say that I'm I I want Russ to be good again. I hope this role works. I mean, I still don't think that they're ever they're ever gonna have enough shooting to be a team I take seriously, but they seem to be moving away from abject disaster. It would be great. I mean, that that's the part that I think maybe, and and I I could certainly be guilty of this, where um, it sounds like maybe I or other people like want Russ to fail, and it's not that. Like I actually remember when he was one of my favorite players to watch, in part just because you could tell that the dude just wanted to just jam on mm-hmm. everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. He was playing hard, like maybe not as hard as I would have liked on defense, but. He was always racing up and down the floor. I've always compared him to Sonic the Hedgehog. Like this charged up Sonic that sits there and spins and spins and spins. And so he's just a blur and goes faster than everybody. That was the way Russ played. That was sick. Like, <laughs> sick. I, I, I love that about him. Um, but there was a certain joy that he played with too um, that obviously hasn't been there. If nothing else, if, if let's say the Lakers were to lose every game for the rest of the season – it was really cool to see a couple games where Russ was smiling. There was a play where he hit um, LeBron backdoor uh, a couple games ago, and it was just like you could tell that it was like a moment for him and mm-hmm. Bron, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, there's still something left here. Yeah. Um, it, it shouldn't have taken this long to get to a point where, you know, what we were all kind of calling for last year with regards to seeing Russ in that role. Um this might be best for him. It's probably a little early to tell. I also think that the bar was so low with all of this where, like, anything that they do, a, a single win, a single good Russ game, two single games from Russ that are good, that we're going to really praise it. But I'm really happy to see it. I hope it continues. I think the league is more fun when we're not focused on who has to be traded and why and when mm-hmm. and draft pick compensation. Like, I, it would be more way more fun to just focus on the fact that, like, the Lakers are an average team, even if that's all they are. That would be wonderful. And and that Russ is contributing to that and that them being that or, or better would be awesome. So I don't make much of it yet. Um, obviously, one of those wins that they got was was really, really fortunate. Um, the Pelicans got, one was nuts. Yeah, I mean, the, the Matt Ryan shot at the end of regulation mm-hmm. to send it to overtime. Like, you know, teams are going to win games like that. But uh, I, I still think as a team that has real trouble, but – because of that, we'll obviously embrace every time they're able to get out of trouble or, or, or win a game. And and for Russ to have good games throughout that, I would prefer that we have good reason to talk about them yeah. all day long. So it was really cool to see, actually. That Matt Ryan game when it was funny, LeBron mentioned that he'd been on that end of that play two times before uh, when the Spurs ran it in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Bosch blocked Danny Green in overtime. The Celtics ran it on the Heat when LeBron was on the team as well. They got a game-winning three for Jeff Green. The Lakers run it against the Pelicans. They get a game-tying three. And then the Warriors ran it, I believe, against the Magic late in that game to get a three in the final minute. Um, It's just funny to watch certain plays like that, how they get stolen uh, by teams over the years. Um, Chris, that'll do it for today's episode of Open Floor. I, I, you know, I don't know where the time goes. It feels like we're still like barely scratching the surface of the league here. And there's so many teams I know that we still want to talk about. I mean, we need to talk about the Hawks and how they've looked at some point with DeJounte Murray. 
Um, man, there's just so many teams. I mean, the Knicks have been pretty decent. We haven't talked about Brunson a lot yet on this podcast. We haven't talked about the Bulls yet. The Bulls have had some nice wins to start the season, also some weird losses. I know we haven't checked it on my Heat. Uh, we got the Rockets. I mean, we haven't talked about the Nuggets a lot. The Grizzlies have been so good. There's just a lot of good basketball being played, a lot of interesting teams that, you know, it, unfortunately just getting lost with all the things going on. But I feel like I, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like the actual basketball that we've gotten to watch has been pretty fun, man. Absolutely. It has. Uh, you know, I, I tweeted about that yesterday and uh, saying that the league has just had like a lot of terrible stuff come up. And they're like, well, the basketball's good. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah it is which is why i'd like to get back to focusing on that if we can't not at yeah. the expense of belittling or ignoring something that is potentially like human mm-hmm. rights stuff yeah. i'm not going to do that but it would be nice if we could if that stuff ceased to be an issue because people could learn how to apologize in a timely manner um it would be great and so I, i'm fully with people on that that uh just the basketball itself has been great to watch and has been entertaining teams that we had no idea would be as competitive as they are, as good as they are. I welcome that. It's what makes the first couple weeks of the season fun. Normally it just hasn't been our sole focus because of all the other stuff. So absolutely, I'm, I'm looking forward to a day where, where, you know, the focus isn't that or doesn't have to be on the stuff that's been on lately. Oh man, brother. Um, so hopefully we'll have even more basketball to talk about next week we'll try to hit some more of these teams please keep your emails coming everyone open floor mail at gmail.com shout out to chris shout out to shelby for another memorable rip city royston report um until the next episode everyone enjoy a great weekend of hoops uh enjoy the nba season everyone Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.